What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Yes, another day in life to, yeah, let's see if we can do something really cool today. Um, I don't know about you, but I've talked to so many people and I've kind of felt this way as well. The last season of life has been really interesting and challenging um, and a bit frustrating, to be honest. So maybe you've been in that boat. Um, I've been having to kind of pet myself up a lot and like, like, yeah, we're going to get through this. We're going to do it. So, um, if you've been in that season of life as well, like frustrated and just trying to like muck through it, it's like those moments that you just have to set your nose to the grindstone and move forward, you know, and, and they're not fun to be honest. So maybe you're going through that. I just wanted to mention that if you are, you're not the only one and we will get through. I promise. I promise. I promise. Thank you for listening to The Mitch Gray Show. We are also streaming live on Facebook. We have a couple of viewers so far, so thank you for watching us on Facebook. Um, if you are on Facebook, leave a comment. Give us a thumbs up, whatever you're doing. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just look up The Mitch Gray Show, iTunes, Twitter, um, Google, um, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, all kinds of places that you can listen to um, listen to the podcast. So make sure you do that. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, M. Gray Media. That's G-R-A-Y as always, M. Gray Media. So subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show. Follow us on social media, M. Gray Media. And um, make sure you go order a copy of my new book, The Gathering Place. Um, it is an inspirational book about how we can walk together in love and I'm coming to you from America. We have a few people that listen to us in other countries. But no matter where you're at, there are always these times in your country, in your culture, in your place that things are tumultuous. And in America, things are very tumultuous right now. Um, unfortunately, a lot of segregation. Unfortunately, a lot of disagreement. Unfortunately, a lot of hatred being spewed around. Um, and so we want to do what we can to negate that and to come together and to be unified. And so that's what the book, The Gathering Place, is about. It is from a spiritual um, perspective. And so, um, but hopefully you can, uh, hopefully you can check it out and, um, sorry, I'm getting distracted real quick. Hopefully you can check it out and you will enjoy it, I promise, and you'll be inspired. So make sure you go order your copy of The Gathering Place. Um, also the new, uh, the new EP is out the new acoustic EP. Let's switch over to music things. Um, the stars tell the story released in late February. We've been getting great response from it. We're getting a ton of plays. Um, uh, this is by far the most solid project musically that I believe I've put out or written. Um, and it's showing, um, we're getting, getting more streams than we've ever had. So, I would prefer you go purchase the project, like download and purchase. Um, one day I'll get into the whole diatribe of how that works for musicians when all you do is stream. Um, it's not good. And I think after I tell you that whole situation, you will want to purchase from now on. So um, as a musician, I do all I can to purchase the music that I listen to. And it's just the best way to do it, right? We want, we want people that put something out into the world. Let me just put it this way. You wouldn't go work for someone for free, would you? No, you, you wouldn't. I mean, you got to make money. You know, I always tell people the electric company won't take please and thank you for currency. They just don't. I wish they did, but they don't. So, um, 
So yeah, um, go check out the music, and you can stream it if you want. But go check out the music. The Stars Tell the Story, great album. And um, so one new thing that I want to bring up today, and then we'll get into the meat of the podcast. I am currently booking um, teaching events, conferences, uh, training sessions for 2019. So all of you listening have a job and you work for someone. Maybe some of you work for larger companies. Maybe some of you work for yourself. You're an entrepreneur. I am looking for companies, businesses, churches, children's homes, nonprofits, government agencies. Um, I want to come into your place. And the goal for this year, the topic for this year is um, – Shifting the cultural workplace, how to create a better culture at your workplace so that people love to come to work and don't dread it, and it's possible. And I want to come into your place of business, your church, your school, your entity, and I want to teach you and your people how to create a healthy workplace environment, a healthy culture. So um, message me on social media or email me, um, mgraymedia at mitchgraymedia at gmail.com. Um, so let me know. Yeah, maybe we can figure that out and get, get a, a situation booked um, at your location and get you guys rolling. So I'm booking through 2019. Um, okay, on to the podcast. Um, yes, you can message me on social media at mgraymedia or email me, mitchgraymedia. Um, at gmail.com, excuse me. Okay, on to the podcast. Um, let's talk about let's talk about light and darkness today, right? Let's talk about light and darkness. It's an interesting thing. Um, it's an interesting thing when darkness is seems to be overwhelming the light. It's an interesting thing when darkness seems to be overwhelming the light. But what I've noticed about darkness is it's perceptive, right? I believe everything in life is perceptive. In other words, when you're viewing something um, outside of yourself and even inside yourself, when you're just viewing things in general, you, you are taking everything you've experienced and you are taking everything you have learned and you are taking everything that has happened to you. You are taking all knowledge and all experience and all happenstance um, and you are actually filtering what you're seeing through that knowledge and experience and happenstance and circumstance. So because of this, no two people have the same perception. You could even take twins. Um, who were, you know, either, either just twins that were born together. And they have so many similarities, more similarities than anyone else walking the earth. You can take twins and you can raise them in the same environment. You can raise them in the same circumstance. They have the same set of parents teaching them the same lessons. And as they go through life, even these twins have a totally different perception of things because perception is so founded on experience and thought and engagement that no two people have the same perception. And so everything in life is perceptive. Some people say they want to talk in truths. The problem is even truth is perceptive. Let me give you an example. And I always like to use this when I'm teaching about the perception of truth. 
Let's say you're at a four-way stop. And let's say that one person is on one corner and another person is on another corner and another person is on a third corner and the fourth person is on the fourth corner and that person has someone else with them. So we have five individuals who are at a four-way stop. And let's just say that four cars come to a four-way stop and two of them obey the law of stopping and another one runs the stop sign. And let's just say the one that runs the stop sign is a semi-truck with a trailer, so a large object. And let's say the other individual who runs the stop sign is someone on a motorcycle. And let's throw in the mix a dog crossing the street. Do you get me now? So we've got five people. They're on four corners. On one corner, we have two. We have two cars stopped properly. We have a semi-truck rolling through the stop sign at 25, 30 miles an hour. And we have a motorcycle coming the other direction. The two people that, that are on one side of the semi-truck, they can't see, may or may not see the other two people, correct? Because their vision is blocked. And let's just say that they don't see dog run out in front of motorcycle guy, and motorcycle guy has to avoid dog, which turns him into semi-truck guy who ran the stop sign. And then let's just say that person um, on the third street corner starts walking across the street because they didn't see said semi-truck. And so all of a sudden we have tragedy happening. But on the furthest corner opposite the truck, what story is that person going to give the police? Well, they're going to say, oh my, I saw a dog run out in front of the motorcycle. So the motorcycle is, you know, had to dodge the dog. It's their fault. They should have stopped. And another person says, well, I said, you know, we get all of these stories. And then fifth person wasn't even paying attention because they saw an airplane from above and they'd never seen an airplane before. And so they were just looking up looking at the airplane, and they didn't see anything happen. All they heard was crash, boom, bang, semi-horn, and a scream. So you're going to get five different perceptions or perspectives of a truth. Does that make sense? So it's not that everyone is telling a different truth. It's not that everyone is telling something false. It's that that they have different perspectives and perceptions because of their experience of a happening. And so motorcycle guy gets up and he's mad, right? He is ticked. He's ticked because someone let their dog off and he's ticked because he had a wreck and he just bought his motorcycle. Now he's got to go to the hospital because he's injured and he's going to blame it on dog. He's going to blame it on dog. Yet person crossing the street who got hit by the semi, they're going to blame it on semi guy. Why? Because semi guy didn't stop. So all of a sudden, because of the different perspectives and perceptions, we have different blame. When in reality, truth is perceptive, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different. And I bring that up because it comes to that when, it, when we're talking of darkness, Often you'll hear people say, oh my, we're in such a bad place, right? Like things are just going to hell. Things are so bad right now. Well, well why are they bad? Can you tell me, ma'am, why things are so bad? Maybe things are so bad because she just lost her job. Maybe things are so bad because someone in her family got sick. 
maybe things are so bad because she just simply doesn't agree with other things that are happening. It doesn't mean they're bad, or it could, but maybe she's just mad because, because she doesn't like the way things are turning out in life. You see, her truth is perceptive to her experience and her opinion and what she's learned in life. But to her, darkness is rising, right? Now to someone else, they may say, oh, things are getting better and the light is shining forth because what they agree on is actually happening. So to them, light is overcoming the darkness. But today I want to specify some things about light and darkness. Things that have nothing to do with being perceptive. They're universal laws is what I like to call them. They are the things that actually make humanity better. They are the things that actually propel us to living deeper lives, more meaningful lives, more settled and content lives. So they are the, uni the universal truths of how we're meant to function. So here we go. What does darkness mean? Darkness really in its simplicity just means anything that's not of love. Anything that's not of love. If what you believe in or you're taking part in is damaging someone else, then it's darkness. If what you believe in or what you're taking part in is negating someone else an opportunity, then it's darkness. If what you believe in or what you are, are, are living or what you're doing or acting as is shining any possible hate on someone else, then it's darkness. If it's belittling someone, if it's opposing someone, if it's, if it's uh, negatively debating someone, if it's harming someone, then it's darkness. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. If you are holding back an opportunity to better someone's life, then that, my brothers and sisters, is darkness, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's as simple as that. Someone says, Mitch, how did you come to that conclusion? I came to that conclusion this way. Humanity at its best is about bringing out the best in each other. Humanity at its deepest, most spiritual, intimate purpose is about bringing out the life in each other. It's about breathing life into each other. It's about making a difference positively in someone's life. And so what that tells me is if anything is against that, then it's darkness in a negative light, in a negative way, in a negative uh, a field of energy. And so if we're going to talk about light overcoming darkness, we're really talking about positivity and life overcoming negativity and death. Then we have to define things. So let's just say that darkness is anything that hinders someone else. Darkness is anything that harms someone else. Darkness is anything that negates someone else. Then we want to combat that with positivity, with light and with hope. So then we have to define light. What is light? Well, if darkness is any of those things, then light is the opposite, right? Light says, I'm going to breathe life into you. Light says, I'm going to inspire and encourage you. Light says, I'm going to serve you. Do you notice that when we're talking about light and darkness, we haven't talked about agreement or disagreement? Here's where we screw it all up. 
especially in America. Here's where we screw it all up. We're so arrogant and bigoted that we think we have to agree with one another. Right? Like, like we think we have to actually walk in agreement with everything. Guess what, brothers and sisters? That is the most shallow way you can live life. That is the shallowest, most ignorant way you can live life. This isn't about agreement or disagreement. This is about walking together in life. I don't have to agree with you. In fact, I don't want to agree with you in everything. You know why? Because I'm not you. Remember, remember, truth, wow, I sounded like a kindergartner there. Remember, remember, truth is perceptive. Your truth is not my truth. Your experience is not my experience. And your acknowledgement of what's happening in your life isn't my acknowledgement. So I'm not worried about all that. What I'm worried about is serving you and loving you and helping you and supporting you and breathing life into you. Because as I do that, we'll walk along together peacefully. And that, my friends, is light. We worry about the mundane stuff that doesn't matter in the end. We're so muddled by all this garbage that doesn't matter. What matters is walking together in unity and letting everything else fall where it's going to fall. What I've learned in life is when I focus on loving and serving, I'm no longer concerned about the other stuff, and then neither are you. Then we can live life together. So I want to give you four things quickly, uh, five things actually, about how light can overcome darkness, how light overcomes the darkness. I call it the five paths to shine a light. Number one, in order for you to shine a light, you have to find your peace. You have to find your peace. I told a group of teenagers the other day, actually I asked them a question. I said, who's the greatest person you can love? And there was a variety of answers and my response was simply you. Until you learn to love yourself, until you learn to be at peace with yourself, it is impossible for you to love or be at peace with anyone else. Because you're the only one you go to bed with at night, right? Inside your mind, you don't go to bed with anyone else, not inside your mind. You're the only one you have to walk with from birth to death. You don't have to walk with anyone else your whole life except yourself. And so the only way you can find your peace is to be at peace with yourself. So I want to give you a few tools. Number one, meditation. Meditation. And I don't want to go into that too much this morning, uh, today, but what I want to say is if you want to learn more about meditation, A, you can Google it. There's this cool thing called uh, the Googler on the interwebs <laughs> that you can uh, you can look up Google and just, just put in, how do I meditate? And there'll be all kinds of videos. But personally, if you would like to learn more about that, um, remember, follow us on social media, M. Gray Media, shoot me a message, and we can talk about meditation. But meditation, once you learn the art form of emptiness, you will find the place of peace. Once you learn the art form of emptiness, you will find the place of peace, and the door to emptiness is meditation. Number two, maybe you're a person that believes in prayer. Prayer and meditation for, um, so I grew up in evangelical Christianity, American Christianity. Um, I would no longer put myself in that platform anymore, but that's what I grew up in. And so the, 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 the place that I grew up in was very much confused about meditation and prayer. In fact, I would be so bold to say is they don't know either, a lot, a lot of them, that's a blanket statement, I'm sorry. But a lot of American Christianity doesn't really understand uh, meditation and prayer. And a lot of them definitely don't understand the difference between the two. But I'm here to tell you there is a vast world of difference between prayer and meditation. 
And so if you would like to learn that difference, that's a great study to get into and to learn. How do I use these tools to find peace in myself and to extend peace to others? Number two, maybe number three, maybe you're a creator. These are the tools to finding your peace. Find whatever your safe place is. For me, it's creativity. For me, it's writing a song. For me, it's writing a book. For me, it's doing this podcast. Find your space. Maybe for you, it's painting or maybe it's um, um, doing some other craft. If you're like my wife, you love to live at Hobby Lobby and find all these cool things that Hobby Lobby offers and other places as well. But find where your safe space is where you can focus on giving of yourself. Maybe for you, it's going in and, and feeding um, the homeless. Whatever it is, it's your perspective. Find that and take that peace and that safety that you find in creativity and use that. Number four in finding your peace, music. <laughs> music, uh, and as a musician and a writer, I'm sure I have a little different perspective than a lot of people, but music is such a healing Thing. And there's vast a universe of different styles of music. When you're working out, you listen to one style. When I'm sitting in my studio and really focusing, I listen to another style. When I need inspiration, I listen to another style. Oh my goodness, there's such a vast universe of music and music heals the soul. And another way you can find your peace, and this might actually be the most important way, and that is laughter. <laughs> Have you ever had a day that you just hung out with a few of your best friends and you just laughed all day? Like, you know, at the end of the day, like your stomach and your core are sore because you've laughed or maybe your cheeks are sore because you have laughed so much. It's because laughter is the place we are meant to be oftentimes. And we forget, we forget to laugh. We forget to lose the seriousness for a moment and just enjoy ourselves and one another. Laughter. So finding your peace, meditation, prayer, creating, music, laughter. Number two on five paths to shining a light. Friends, be love. Not say love. Not act like you're love, but actually be Love. Love is the core presence of the universe. Love is the core presence of you. By nature, we are love. So be that. Mitch, how do I do that? Great question. Give to someone. Buy someone's meal. Open the door for others. Buy someone a gift. Uh, uh, if you know some some parents that are that are new parents and they have children, babysit for them. Cook a meal for someone. Mow someone's lawn. Say thank you and you're welcome. Give someone a hug. Shake someone's hand. I could go on and on about how we can be love. But you know the greatest way you can be love is to actually function at your highest potential and ability in this world. Because I believe that all of us have a divine, a, a reasoning, a purpose. And so when we function within whatever's in our DNA, I believe that it's a positive thing. 
And that is the greatest way you can be loved. We are all bringing something different to the table. And when we bring something different to the table, that means we're completing each other. We're completing the reasoning of life. Be that. Be that. Number three, shift from hatred to accountability. So we're talking about lighting up the darkness, how light always overcomes darkness. The fives pass to shining a light. Shift hatred to accountability. Here's what I mean by that. What I mean by that is in America, we have a very interesting situation, right? Like I've never seen this much segregation in my lifetime. I'm not terribly old, but I've never seen it. Um, I have people that are much older than me that maybe have seen something comparable. We have a ton of segregation happening. We have a ton of hate speech happening. And I've had people say things to me or make comments, kind of the locker room talk idea, right? Like they want to say a joke and they say the joke and you look at them like, what? Like, seriously, did you just tell me that joke, right? So many times we just laugh it off. And what I'm challenging you with, if we're going to be serious about light overcoming the darkness, if we're going to be serious about shifting hatred to love, then at some point we have to hold that accountable, right? So the other day, someone made a comment to me, and it was a very undertoned, hate-filled comment. I just simply looked at him and asked him a question. And the question was, do you really believe that? And they looked at me like, like they'd never been asked that before. And I said, no, I'm serious. Is that what you really believe? Because if that's what you really believe, then you know that we have a little issue here, right? Like I'm trying to walk beside you, and I'm trying to live life with you. But now all of a sudden I'm seeing these colors of hatred and these colors of subdivision and segregation. And so I just simply wanted clarity and accountability. Do you really believe that? Which what's funny is when you ask pointed questions and you do it in a, in a, in a, in a positive, accountable way, it actually leads people to think. And I've done this quite a few times when people have kind of said things that have undertones of hatred. I've just simply said, is that really what you believe? Because if it is, I just want to know because I want to know what I'm dealing with here. Every single time it has led to a beautiful conversation because most of the time, most of the time. Now, there are these few times in life this isn't true, but most of the time people have come to a conclusion because it's what they've been taught. Most of the time, people have come to a conclusion because it's, not, it's what they've been taught. In other words, they've never been exposed to something greater and deeper and larger and more loving. And so oftentimes when we ask those pointed questions, is that really what you believe? A, we learn more about that person, which we want to. And B, it all of a sudden leads to an open conversation of, here's how that hurt me or someone in my family or someone I know. And I don't think you're the type of person that wants to hurt people. And all of a sudden it shifts the perspective of, oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. Yeah, now you can. You see, it's ignorance, right? And I believe that most people come to a conclusion because it's what they've been taught. So really they're ignorant. They've never experienced it or studied it. In other words, they've settled for what the former generation passed down, which sometimes is okay, but often there's something better. So shift from the hatred to accountability. Ask the hard questions. Number four, <laughs> I love this. If we're going to have light overcome darkness, if we're going to walk the five paths to shining and light, we need to teach our children very well. Now, here's what I mean by that. We don't want to teach our children about, well, this is just the way we do things because that's a pile, right? 
We want to teach our children about here's love and here's peace and here's mercy and here's grace. But after I've given you these things, child, you need to take them and find them for yourselves. As I told you a while ago, I grew up in American Christianity, and there was this uh, scripture in what American Christians study, the Bible, and the scripture has been taken crazy out of context. So the scripture is, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. What most American Christians have interpreted that to believe is this, that if I train up a child in the way I think they should live or what is right to me, that when they're old, they won't turn from it. They'll come back to it. But that's actually not what that means. If you actually look at the culture and the original language of that scripture, what it actually means is teach a child in the way they are bent or within their personality. In other words, take a child's personality If a child shows signs of being a welder or a nurse or a doctor, then you start engaging them in that because it's in their DNA. In other words, all of us have this personality or this DNA that says we're passionate about certain things. And what that scripture means is that if you actually take a child from their innocence within their personality and DNA and then all of a sudden raise them, engaging them in that personality and DNA, that's the path that they will follow. It has nothing to do with your beliefs or what you think your perspective is. It actually has to do with the child. And that's not, by the way, a religious teaching. It's actually true. Science, medicine, and psychology has proven it. So teaching the children well looks like this. Child, here's what love looks like to me. What does it look like to you? Child, here's what peace looks like to our heritage. But what does that look like to you? Child, here's what living looks like to us. But what does it look like to you? You see, you're planting a seed of what it might look like, but you're giving them permission to say, but this is what it looks like to me. I promise you, brothers and sisters, if we will engage our children in that way, they will grow to be even greater than we imagined or dreamed. Because we're giving them permission and unleashing the opportunity for them to engage in the universe. I would say, I've never studied this and I haven't found a study that does it, but I would say that most hate crimes and hatred are simply from ignorance. I believe that. I believe they are simply from ignorance. Now, over time, once it's practiced, then it becomes habit. And I'm not justifying the habit. And then it becomes passion. And then it lights a fire that we have to overcome. But I would say in its infancy that all acts of hatred are simply because it's what was taught. Well, we don't like those people. Well, we don't do that with those people. Well, we don't accept those people. You see, that's the message that was given to the child. But it can be reversed. I believe that fully with all my heart, soul, and mind. But we have to be accountable. Fifth, the fifth path to shining a light, my friend, is just shine bright. Love others. Accept others. Engage with others. Hold yourself and others accountable. But most importantly, find your peace. So that when times of challenge or controversy or turmoil arise, that no one can steal that peace. No one can take that from you. When you feel depressed or you feel saddened or you feel hurt or you feel abandoned or you feel harmed or you feel endangered, no one can steal 
that peace, but you have to find it. And then, no matter the circumstance, you can shine bright. No matter the trial, you can shine bright. No matter the challenge, you can shine bright. No matter who opposes you or comes against you, you can shine bright. But find that peace. Be love. Shift the hatred to accountability. Let's teach our children really well. Not in the way we think they should go, but in the way their DNA and personality says. And let's shine bright. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for listening. If you have not subscribed to the show, please do so. Thank you for watching on Facebook. Hey, everyone, I know we've had a lot of viewers. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. If you have any questions, shoot me a message. If you have anything you want to hook into or, or explain more, shoot me a, a direct message on social media. Also, if you're interested in booking us to come to your entity to talk about shifting the culture of your workplace, whatever that looks like for you, please, please, please contact me or email me, mitchgraymedia at gmail.com. I hope you have a great day. Let's shine bright. And remember, brothers and sisters, the light does overcome the darkness. Have a good day. We'll talk soon.